Hi everyone and welcome to episode 250. Woo, big anniversary, yay. Scratch all that because we're against the clock and Jack can join by KC. How are we doing, pal? Ah, pretty good. Uh, yeah, we're, this is a quick one. Literally, the notes say MWP 250, never handball. That is the entire notes for this podcast. Um, so yeah, we'll get straight into it. 3-0 win over Rotherham. This was about as comfortable a game as you're going to get at just about any level of football, to be honest. I mean, I can I can honestly say from from where I was, I, I couldn't see Pat Bamford's handball. Admittedly, I was in Chester, but you know, I didn't see it. Yeah, well, I actually had what in theory was a great view. I was right behind it. Loads of people, even two seats to the left of me, going, "God, I don't I don't know if anyone even touched that." I was on a perfect line. I was I knew for a fact Patrick Bamford had glanced at him with a lovely header. <laughs> Because it's... the angle I was on, you could see that he'd hit the ball. You could tell that it had deflected. But his elbow is like in a straight line with his head behind you. So it was like I was convinced. Oh, I, I literally said, oh, that's really good awareness. That's such a good header. And then the Rotherham players started going mental at the ref. And you knew it wasn't offside. And <laughs> you know when you can tell protestations are true? Like, when you go off the reaction, you go, no, that must have been their throw. Look at how annoyed they are. Well, this was one of them. Even though we hadn't seen it, everyone was like, that must have been handball. They are going fucking mental. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, it's it's one of those. They, uh, they, are, they, they are mad and they have every right to be. Yeah, um, I mean, fair play to Liam Richardson. He got a little bit pissy about it, but I would say this is a fair thing to get a bit pissy about. And he said, it wasn't why we lost the game, which is also fair. So I can't really complain about that. Hard lines to Rotherham, you've, you've got fucked over there. Bad decision. It happens. What I really want to know at this point is the context in which Pat Bamford says to the referee, oh, yeah, it was handball. Like, <laughs> well, is it, it, was it just, did that hit your arm? Yes. Like... I reckon it was that, yeah, but just too late to do anything about it. I mean, did you see the celebration? Oh, yeah. I mean, just running up and jumping with your elbow. Like, because that was... To be caught. I must admit, in in real time, I didn't see the celebration. (laughs) I only saw that afterwards. Um, Yeah, it was was handball. It's bad refereeing. And it set up a really terrible refereeing performance. Because and I think that that is what caused it. And by co- by causing it, I mean the referee's fault. Still, I think that ref knew pretty quickly that they fucked up. And from then on, they gave Rotherham like a load of fouls that weren't and didn't give them against Rotherham when they were. But then did it so much that started going back the other way again, and then going back the other way again. And they were so busy trying to even the game up. But they ended up getting lo- both ways, loads of decisions just completely wrong. And I think it's because their head had gone after that handball. Yeah. I mean, I think if you listen to Liam Richardson's explanation after the game where the referee basically said, look, I couldn't see it properly and I didn't want to guess. So, which I think is entirely fair. Yes, yeah. yeah, so th- And I think the other thing with it is, if you're watching the goal 
and you have no context as to how it's gone in or no knowledge as to how it's gone in prior. I don't think you, I don't think the Bamford's arm movement really stands out to you as much as when you start looking for it and going, "Oh yeah, now I know." You watch, you see the right arm. Yeah. Um. So it's it doesn't it didn't entirely surprise me to to hear that the referee had kind of veered the other way afterwards because I think he I think he found out fairly quickly after the goal like yeah it was probably handball. Yeah, well, it happens. I mean, we had was that right at the start of this season where we conceded a handball? Go. Um, I can't, I, was, I, can't, I, I can't remember what game it was now, but there was one where we basically got punched in uh, anyway. Um, but as much as that was the goal that started it, like Leeds should have been this. I, I don't want to say should, should is the wrong word. We created about three XG, we scored three goals, they created. Almost nothing scored no goals. It was actually statistically a very fair result, but it was a game that felt like it could have been about seven. Uh, yeah, like... I, I mean, there's there was a good few times, even in the first. I, I, again, I'm I'm saying this with with the only seeing the You're a bit highlight brand. Uh, yeah, I was like I said, I was in I was in Chester walking alpacas, um, as you do. Um. But you, you look at the chances we created, and you know I think outside of Bamford's goal, you've got the the non-turf chance in the first half, the cross goal, which is I think it's actually quite a good save. Yeah. It's really well. Ooh, he was their best player. Uh, well, he also at right back, even though he gave away the penalty, it was good. And Johansson was good in goal. That was the only two you could pick out from Rotherham. Hmm. Um. But but by all accounts, it was an entirely comfortable performance. Um, I mean, they didn't hit the target till what ten minutes from the end. Yeah, Melia made two saves later on. One header from free kick and one like real well hit, well hit shot, but it wasn't right in the corner. Um, but yeah, they didn't really create anything until then. The most worrying bit of the game was they got a corner after about sixteen seconds <laughs> that, that was dealt with easily. Uh, but yeah, there was Venonto winning first down. He said that was a good save. Uh, Archie Gray had a pretty good chance. Uh, Somerville skied a really good one. Rutter got played in with a ball on the top and he took a brilliant first touch followed by a shite second one. <laughs> but it was just all over the place. And then you're a bit disappointed only being 1-0 up at half-time, but then second half, I think I literally put on our Twitter, Rutter's doing everything except getting his final ball right. The second that changes, will be in and we win the ball back. Somerville plays it to it, beats his man, great through ball. Somerville goes through, scores. Really good finish. And once it was 2 0, that it really was over as a contest at that point. Another good finish from Somerville. And then we may as well lump it in the penalty, which there's been some people saying it was really soft. I've seen it back. I still think it was a pen. I thought that it was absolutely stonewall in the ground. Uh, I've watched it back and it, but I still think it was a penalty. And the Penenka down the middle, which is always nice to see. Um, I think that's that's him up to fifteen for the season, Somerville. Yeah, what was it I heard earlier? 20, 21 goal contributions, I think, this season of what fifty-five goals. So it's, yeah. it's a very it's a very good return from from one player. Yeah, um, this, I was just uh, glancing for because I knew that there was a stat about Rutter again. I mean, the, it, it was one of the more 
I heard, I saw someone say this on Twitter, and I, I apologize, I don't remember who it was. It was someone describing him as the the only time on a football pitch I've ever seen a player who is a show pony who works really hard. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I think that's it. You know, I quite, I quite like that. That's yeah, like, nice. He did some like some silly turns in midfield where he got tackled and stuff like that. But he also won the ball back six times. He won 16 duels. Six, like, 16 is a lot. And it's a real lot when you're playing number 10. <laughs> the, the, those aren't the sort of numbers you would you would be assigning to Pablo Hernandez. No, that's Joe Roden in a game where the other team's playing <laughs> long ball. You know, he's always won a load of duels where I had to keep... <laughs> I I mean, we can kind of come back onto it as well, the second goal. There is something I love about, right, we're going to block Somerville making this run now. Oh, no, he's got past. Well, I better just kick Jorginho from behind. Oh, no, he's got away. Yeah, was, they did try to up in the air, didn't they? And it just didn't make was, any difference. There was a couple of fantastic attempts to... I mean, Jorginho is... I, I, know he, I know he gets fouled a lot and doesn't get a lot for it. There's something wonderful about just watching him just shrug people off at times. Just go, no, you're not, you're not a problem. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, Somerville just darts inside, and I think you can see that the last defender has every urge to just boot him from behind, but he just gets into the penalty area. Johansson comes out and he just slides it past him. Yeah, I, I'm choosing to say it was a well-judged touch to knock it that far in front and still be the keeper to it. It, been, it looked a heavy touch. Um, not as heavy as Glenn Kamara's back pass right at the start of the second half, which was terrifying. Um, he tried his... I mean, it was one of them, you know, like the sort of one-two with the goalkeeper that spent... Uh, well, literally my dad, but also really puts kittens up, your dad. <laughs> now, and it was it was just a really bad back pass from Kamara, but luckily Bellier managed to get his toe on it and control it, which was part of going Kamara's hundred percent pass completion. Because <laughs> uh, uh, Joe Donahue from the YEP did quite a good tweet, which was it was the graphic of his hundred percent successful passes, and then just a zoom on that back pass, and uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I quite like it. But it was a Johnny Cooper stat about it that was good as well. It was a that Glenn Kamara yesterday was the first Leeds United player up to as on record to attempt 40 plus passes in a league game and complete every single one. The previous most 100% passes was 34, which was also Glenn Kamara against Preston last month. Did, uh, did uh, Bianchi not get uh, the famed 100% but only passing it three yards backwards? Uh, no, because he also will have given the ball away at least once. He just yeah. he was he was just a he was just good at keeping the ball compared to those around him. Well, those around you him just lost their Brown heads. It, you've just seen Brownie and Tongi. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're, we're quite good now. Whereas now it's, we've got Kamara and Gruev, who like I think I mean between them, yeah, I've just I've got it. Uh, Gruev had forty three out of forty six. So, like, between them, the misplaced three passes. I'm sure that's how Gurov was uh, phrasing it to Kamara after the game, going, yeah, between us, we misplaced three passes. So, like, no, 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 no. You misplaced three. Like I didn't miss any. 
Lee Sharp and his ghostwriter between them had slept with a thousand and three women. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was such a comfortable and the it was about as stress free as you get really, which was nice to see. And and what you want from a game against like I have seen teams at Ellen Road that looked worse than Rotherham, but Rotherham are bottom at league for a reason. You know, and look, I had no chance of getting out of it. There's I, th- I think from the bits I've heard about Luton, and I can't say I've kept a big lookout for them, is that they, they're kind of akin to Luton, that they're in games, but they never get anything out of them. Uh, uh, I mean, they're getting a lot less out of them than Luton are. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I, I mean, we said before that the, all the omens were there for Leeds losing this one, so it was really nice to... I mean, I, I was lulled into a false sense of security once against Rotherham this season, scoring an early goal, thinking, right, we'll be fine now. Yeah. Um, but again, it was it was quite nice to to get the early goal and be dominant throughout. Yeah, I don't know if he's been injured, but I was surprised that Hugo played up front because the only Hugo contribution to the game was wrestle defenders badly and lose the ball and try your best to maim Joe Roden, which was a much worse tackle than I realised in real time, to be honest. Booked um, in the 18th minute. Yeah, it, it was a it was a very needless, very late, really, really shit tackle. Uh, but I'm surprised we didn't play that Sam Nombe because he actually caused quite a few problems at their place. And by the time he came on in this, it was too late. Um, obviously, we all went for wins on this, but I've sort of pulled the gap back a bit because I had 3-0. So it's now 40-40-40 and me on 32. Big, um, big result. It's kept kept yeah. you in the chase. Yeah. Um, but that's all done. And now the long away trips begin because we've got Swansea Tuesday away and then Plymouth early kickoff Saturday. Um, so yep. yeah, Swansea have not been in any sort of decent form. Like the a draw, then four defeats, including the five nil away at Bournemouth in the FA Cup. But they did just manage to pull something out by winning one nil away at Hull on Saturday, which was a really good result. Yeah, Hull have been in uh, Hull have been in decent nick recently, haven't they? Um. You know, they are one of the many contenders for fifth and sixth. Hmm. I mean, where are Swansea now? Swansea are 16th now. Yeah. They've dropped, they've dropped further than I realised with that run of bad form. I mean, they are still... like They're seven points above the relegation zone and 11 behind the playoffs. They are so League United for those few years, post Grace and previous. <laughs> Yeah, except for that Gary Monk season. What a, a championship! What? What are yeah. we playing for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Say it again. Um, <laughs> Do it again next season. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm, I wonder if I mean, I'm hoping in a way, hoping is strong because I don't care. But I like Luke Williams, who's got the Swansea job, so I'd quite like him to get him to improve them. And it's nice to see someone who's like done well at Notts County get a chance to jump up the leagues. Because I don't think you see it enough. Um, but yeah, good good result against Hull. Looks like they are back in a 4-2-3-1. But if Luke Williams is playing, and I, I must confess, I haven't seen anything since he took over. They were very uh, positional player, move around the pitch, build up with like a three and a two and 
a lot of movement, try and keep the ball, try and play some fairly Bielsa-y stuff almost was what they were going for. So it'll be interesting to see how they do because obviously it won't have it fully brought into them yet. But they'll if they're playing if they manage to get playing, they've got some good players like uh, that um Nathan Wood, the centre back. A lot of people say he's really good and have seen more than me. He's like in England, I think he's a 21s international. And Ben Cabango at the back of him at the back of him. That sounds worse at the back with him. Uh the he looks a decent player as well. By the looks of it, the right back is still Kyle Norton, who must be 50. Uh, they played um, Fulton and Grimes in middle of midfield. Uh, obviously, Grimes is better than he was when he was at Leeds, but I'm, we're never going to like him. Or his mum. Yeah, especially his mum. I'm, I'm just looking at their season here. And, and I can only describe it as not fun. Yeah. But they, they went, what was it here, the first seven games without a win. Then one far on the bounce, and then we'll start right. We'll, we'll be okay here. And then they haven't won two games on the bounce since. And have twice gone, oh, they've gone once five games without a win. They've got four games without a win. Oh, God, this just looks dreadful. Yeah, they're going to finish 15th, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> this is very 15th. You know, I'm just looking at this, and I, I sort of get, you know, they lost 3-1 Southampton, lost 3-1 to Leicester, lost 1-0 to Plymouth, beat Swansea. That's kind of, that's kind of their run coming into this one. Uh, draw with, with Birmingham before that as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're not very good. Yeah, the player that I've, I'm assuming is going to be good on the right wing, brought in in January, they have Ronald. Okay. Yep. He's signed from, signed from Gremio Annopolis. I have no idea if he is any good, but his name's Ronald. I do, I'm sorry, I'm just looking at this. The good news for, for Swansea this season is that they are through to the Welsh Cup fight, the Welsh League Cup final. Uh, where they will play... They, they saw off Cardiff Met University on oh, penalties. Cardiff Met Uni? Yeah, they beat them on penalties. <laughs> yeah, I assume that that's like all the other regional ones where it's like the the 21s at a push. That gets yeah. Um, <laughs> the... Although I'm just looking, because I do think they, they played Cardiff in the third round, and I'm just looking to see if that was played... At the Liberty Stadium, <laughs> it's also quite... sorry on Swansea's on the on the Welsh football on a fo Welsh football website. It is listed all of Cardiff's uh, all of Swansea's penalty takers who scored as unknown. Right, so that's the level of squad that they were sending. Then, <laughs> good to know. Um, so yeah, Sw Swansea. It was a Good win for them, but they're in, overall still in bad form. Um, like Liam Cullen, who plays up top, is a decent player. They've got that Placetta that used to play for Norwich on one of the wings. Obviously, Ronald is Brazilian, so I'm just going to assume he's skillful and good, and therefore will get nothing out of the best left-back in the league, Junior Firpo. 
Um, from the press conference today, I haven't even heard it because I was working, but the main thing is Dan James is fit uh, and Sam Byram is not. Uh, Shackleton's back in training but won't be playing in this game for personal reasons. So, uh, I mean, I don't know what it'll be, but you would you would assume, like, Byron was on the bench anyway, so that's not going to change much. Dan James will come onto the bench. Um, he isn't. I doubt that he's going to come straight back in and start because as great as Dan James has been this season, if he's only just got back fit and Nanto is now actually playing well, I'd be surprised if he changed out. Yeah, it's... Um... I think one of the things it's it's been quite nice that um, since we've had to start making a couple of changes to the team, it it is working out really well. Nonto Nonto settled down now and looks looks back to looks back to normal. Obviously, it's working really well with Bamford up front and Jorginho dropping at ten. Since Ampadu's dropped into defence, we've conceded one goal in the league. Yeah, what is it like? One goal in sort of six games, or something? Yeah, one in six. The that was the the Preston goal. Yeah, it has now reached that ridic- that point where even though I still think Pascal Strout's like the, such a good player and I really rate him, you can't change it when he gets fit. It has now reached that point. Unless yeah. a mid- unless a midfielder gets injured, so you can push Ampadu up. Yeah, we're. It's just everything just seems to be working. It's quite nice, and there's been no, you know, there's been none of the the, the stressful bit where even with even when Peru scored, you went well, he he didn't really do a lot, but he did get a goal. Mm. You've not really had that from you know Bamford or Jorginho so much because I think at least with Bamford, you know, even if he's not scoring. He's leading the line and 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 activating the press well. Yeah. Um, well, speak, speaking of press well, it was nice to see Charlie Cresswell get a few minutes. He's he's alive. Yeah. He, yeah. Got, he got a, he got a good ten minutes, didn't he? That was uh yeah. It was nice nice to see him get on. And again, you, you've got a squad there, and in these games, absolutely utilize it. Yeah. Um. To be honest, there was nothing to say about any of the subs. By the time they all came on, it was over as a contest. None of them got out of second gear. If you were right to play with it, exactly cool. For all of them, you'd have just gone, you know, five out of ten, fine. <laughs> it was there's no really to say. Um will we make any changes? No. No, I don't think we will either. Um the I mean like the the only reason that they possibly will is if it's something to do with fitness. And I because they didn't really have to put in that much work against Rotherham, I think that they'll all be fine. I think it'll be the exact same, and literally just the the only change will be James onto the bench for Sam Byram. I don't even think they'll rejig it and bring on a different defender or that like that, because there isn't really anyone. Mm. So I just think it'll mean that there's an extra winger on the bench. Um, yeah. I... We'll have to tweet out a p- prediction from Alex because he hasn't messaged me as of yet, but this was all come together again a bit last minute. I have heard of Connie. Uh, Connie's going for a 2-0 win. Uh, I am going to go for... I'm going to say 3-1 win. Uh, I'm going to say 2-1 win. 2-1 win. Cool. And, uh, yeah, I will... 
tweet out Alex's prediction before the game. He'll probably get back to us about five minutes after we finish, but yeah, I, I, in fairness to him, I did message him about five minutes before we started this podcast, so I can't blame him. Um, we we have, I, as I, said, I knew that we'd get through this in plenty of time because uh, everyone has stuff to do today. So it's just weird. I've still got a tab open with uh, Swansea's Who Scored on. And it's, I, I, I just got confused for a second because halfway down the pit, yeah, number eight is Joel Pirel. Yeah. And it's just weird to see because I forgot that he'd played some games from this season. Before we signed him. Um, so yeah, the the last thing before we go, it was a bit annoying that Huddersfield couldn't hold on and get something. It's um well, I, I mean as a as a Leeds fan, it's kind of a win-win situation. You're willing them on and up until they collapse and then you get to call them shit bastards. So Yeah. And uh, and you know, I'm low I'm loath to give the man a compliment, but Neil Warnock, blame Tom Lees. Yeah, look at him. Useless. It's going to be a known goal. Rubbish. <laughs> He's gone um, to conquer Scotland now. Yeah. Well, Tom Lees. Now, um, it is, I mean, that is a weird thing, seeing him as Aberdeen manager, but he did keep giving interviews in the summer about how he always fancied managing in Scotland. Yeah. I'd, I, I can only imagine the good. Imagine the travel for that man. Apparently for those three they, days a week, he's there. Apparently, they already have a place in Scotland. Oh, he's got a but, holiday home, has he? Yeah, but it's not in like Aberdeen. <laughs> it's all other side of countries. So I think it's still a couple of hours, but it's not as far as it would be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we um, that will I can't wait till he's organising friendlies against Hiller Beef. Oh no, that will still be. The friendlies will still be down. <laughs> well, no. Why? Why are we even pretending he's going to be there next season? He isn't. He's taking this to be. I do. I think he might resign in April to take the QPR job and try and keep him up with like six games to go. I'm still standing by my out there prediction of Neil Warnock finishes specifically as the QPR manager. <laughs> um. Right. So yeah, that has uh, been episode 250. We. This is a short one because we are very much up against the clock today, but we will. In theory, we'll be back probably Thursday. It's, yeah. it's probably best bet because I can't do Friday. So it will be probably Thursday. Um, that will hopefully be going after another win because basically we need one. We have reached the point in the season where like, I have already had my bet on tomorrow's fixtures and it is quite simply a double of Leicester and Southampton. Just like, hey, don't win this bet. That's that's all I'm trying to do. Uh, and I did, unfortunately, do the... Oh, Southampton are 2-0 down to Huddersfield at halftime. Back in that comeback. I think it said a lot about the buggies. Actually. I backed it. It was 9-2. And I looked a minute later, and it was already 7-2. And it was still half-time. Nothing had happened. Every... <laughs> Everyone had just clocked for it and gone, that's worth it. That's, uh, I think it was just a combination of Leeds fans and Huddersfield fans going, this ain't going to last. Yeah, and they were right. Yeah. So that'll do it for episode 250. I've been Jack's here. I've been Casey. Have a good one.